0: To coach is the other C word. Join us for a deep dive into the fierce world of female athletics, and the even more fierce women leading the charge. Here's your host, Shaylin Johnson.
1: Hello to all my lovely leading ladies. This is your host, Shaylin Johnson, and we're back for yet again, another episode. And this one, I am so incredibly pumped for. After our episode last week with Jackie Carson, and we kind of touched on mental health for coaches, I really wanted to take an episode and dive into mental health a little bit more. So I reached out to my friend Chrissy Holm, and she's a sports psychologist for a company called Premier Sports Psychology out of Minnesota. And we really got fired up on the Zoom. And so I knew this was going to be a good idea. A little background in how I met Chrissy, it's kind of funny. You guys know at Profile, we do DISC and we do assessments and we really help people get better at people. And we were looking around LinkedIn, trying to get connected with more motivational coaches, life coaches, and we actually ran into Chrissy's mom. And so upon talking to her, she's like, you guys should really meet my daughter. And so Chrissy gets on the Zoom and we connect, but just a month or two later, we get into a partnership with, a, with Premier Sports Psychology where she works. So it's kind of like this small world. We were meant to kind of meet and link up. And so it was fantastic. And she's been great. And we love working with her. And I'm super excited for her to fill you guys in and give you guys some tips and tricks in terms of the mental health for coaches and for leaders. But Chrissy not only is a sports psychologist, but she did collegiate sports. And a one that I haven't even, I don't think I've had rowing on here yet. And I don't talk to very many rowing coaches or former athletes, but Chrissy was a division one rower and I'm gonna let her talk about that because it's actually really cool the things that she's done. So Chrissy, thank you so much for jumping on. I'm pumped. Go ahead and give the listeners the story about where you've been and what you've done.
0: Yeah, thanks Shaylin. So excited to be to be on today. Um, so my, my background's in rowing at the collegiate level. I rowed at University of Michigan um, and that was a sport that I had Just kind of wanted to do something different i had done five sports and varsity sports in high school and so rowing was a new challenge for me um after rowing at michigan i i was on fortunate enough to be on the under 23 national team won a gold medal at worlds which was incredible Um, and i think that experience really jump-started my interest in sports, in sports psychology and working as a sports psychology practitioner now, um, I my my training I is in clinical mental health counseling and sport and exercise psychology. So what I do now at Premier is kind of an athletic counselor. So I work with with athletes both in the Mental health and mental performance side, and, and do some leadership work as well. Um, and you know, spot on that we connected through my mom. She is the great connector, and and would love to hear that. But I, I you know, I'm really excited to to talk more about how how our partnership works because I think that there's so much good that we both can do for not only athletes but coaches as well.
1: Yeah, and, and just a little bit more on on Premier, they work, they're in Minnesota, and they work with a lot of the professional teams. I know specifically the Timberwolves and the Twins, because I just saw it on our software that the, you guys were sending out the assessments. So the way the partnership works is they use our software here from Profile to facilitate those disc assessments. And so Chrissy, I kind of want you to let them know, what do you guys use the disc for? How are you guys using that to help athletes? Yeah, awesome.
0: Great question. So. Kind of our model is looking at increasing self-awareness. So the better that you, the more you understand yourself, the better you also understand others. And in terms of performance, just knowing, hey, what motivates me or what gets in my way? And the patterns around that can help guide how coaches work with athletes, how athletes communicate and work with each other. And I think it just creates a common language, something that's very accessible to deepen that understanding, which then leads to more efficient and effective communication, performance, all that good stuff.
1: You really hit the nail on the head that just the better understanding of yourself and the way that it improves connections and interactions, but also it helps me understand how I perform. Like you literally hit the nail on the head. And the thing I love about disc and I think why it's so useful in the sports world is really the speed, right? So we talk about like Myers-Briggs or Hogan and other assessments like that. And they just take forever to take like 45 minutes to an hour to take. Mm -hmm. Whereas disc is more about 20 minutes, give or take, but it is so accurate and it gives you such vital information that it is It's a little bit hard to master. This is what we say. It's hard to master, but it's extremely uneasy to understand and to implement. And it's sometimes it's just small things about, you know, if I'm a D coach and I like to yell and I like to be really direct, but I'm working with S's and C's. Maybe I need to tweak the way that I speak to get the most out of the interaction with them and to coach them in a way that's a little bit more feasible um, and helps them grow in their way, in their own light. Um, So I love that you guys use DISC. And I love that that's such a big part in what you guys do. And I want to go also to the other side with your, your sports psychology. You were also a coach at Minnesota when you were pursuing your doctorate degree. And so not only were you a former rower, but you're also a former rower coach And now you're working towards that doctorate. You have so much credibility in the world of mental health and how coaches can be better at mental health. So I kind of want you to talk about that. What can coaches do and leaders, I guess I should say in general, it doesn't necessarily have to be a coach, but how do we attack this idea of mental health without getting too entrenched in it?
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, great question, Shaylin. So, you know, I, I. With my experience as a coach, one thing that stood out to me was, wow, so many athletes these days are really experiencing a lot of stressors that even when I was an athlete, which wasn't, I mean, it was long ago, but not that long ago, I, I didn't go, I didn't experience. So for example, right, just getting reamed on social media, and having to not only think about how am I showing up on campus, how am I showing up, uh, you know, in practice, but what's, what's my, my profile on social media and what does that say? And now with, um, you know, the switch with the NCAA where the, the name and likeness, um, there's just so much added pressure and what we're seeing is an increase in sort of some mental health concerns. But I think where coaches can be helpful, and I, I know that there's been so much talk about mental health and and sometimes it's like, wow, I don't I don't know if I even want to dip my toe in the pool, right? Like I'm not a therapist. I don't I don't want to have to um, manage that or I don't even know where to begin. And I know when I was a coach, I, I was kind of on the outskirts where I really enjoyed that. And that's why I went back to school to be able to, to be able to really be effective for that. But for those coaches that are like, hey, I want to be mindful of mental health, I wanna be supportive of that. But the bottom line is that we're trying to perform well. We're trying to win. And I think that those things, both mental health and mental performance, are very interconnected. And so today I want to give coaches and athletes a couple of tools that they can use to be able to increase, I'm going to say mental wellness, right? We don't even don't have like to say that. mental health, but like that. let's increase mental wellness and some, some really simple things that are very effective for addressing athletes as humans, right? Yeah. Give, giving them that space to, to show up and and be themselves, all of themselves. And that's really where, what increases performance
1: I mean, you brought up a really good point in terms of social media and the name, image, and likeliness. And I thought about this the other day because I saw a tweet. It was some professional softball player that was kind of bashing um, kids these days that say that they need a break from softball. Because travel softball in the summer is grueling. It's I can't even believe that I could play 16 games in like four days. Like, that's bizarre to me. There's no way I could do that. And... I thought about that when I was a kid, like there were no off days. There was no such thing as discussing, you know, mental health days and athletes need a break. Like, it was constantly go, 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 go. And now I guess with, I wouldn't say it's a change in the times, but I think people are talking about it more. I think it was always there, but just no one spoke about mental health and mental wellness as much as they do now. And so when that, <laughs> when that uh, professional player put that on Twitter, she got bashed because she's like, everyone's like, what are you talking about? Just because, you know, you guys went hard 10 years ago doesn't mean now that mental wellness is not an issue and that breaks shouldn't be a thing. And that doesn't mean I'm not dedicated to my sport because I think I need some time off, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about burnout now. We're talking about the loss of the love of the game. We're talking about so many things that get affected when we don't put an emphasis on the mental side and the emotional side that um, that sports can affect. But mm-hmm. you talked about, you said that you have some tips. And so I'm pumped yeah. to hear those because <laughs> I think this will be part of um, the takeaway for the listeners um, that I think this is gonna be an episode where you guys really learn something and you guys can really start to implement this within your teams and within your programs. For sure,
0: yeah, let's jump right into that. So w- I think with sports and and. We are, like you're saying, mental health is being talked about more. Um, but I think in sports and and in society in general, it's notorious for choosing a positive attitude. And um, you know, we can't uh, we can't show any emotions of sadness or anger or frustration or maybe you know in sports sometimes anger is a little bit more accept- accepted than being sad. But you're cutting off. Essentially, you're cutting off half of the spectrum of human emotions, right? If we're only just be positive. And I want to um, give some credit to that thought because when what we know about the brain and human be- behavior and how we're wired to survive is that we are always scanning for threats. And when we feel um, distress or discomfort, our focus tends to narrow and fixate on those negative things, those threats. So when we add positivity into that, it actually widens our scope. We're able to think more flexibly. We're less impulsive. So we just see more options. So I don't want to throw that out. But what we do know is that emotions are something that we think but it's also something that we we feel it's a felt experience in our bodies and if we are not creating space to name that and experience those emotions if we feel like hey i can't i can't show any sadness at practice right coach doesn't want to see that those emotions don't just get you know stored off in the into the cloud right it you it's stuck in your hardware. And so if we don't address that felt experience or if we don't address those emotions, it's just going to get stored up, stored up. And you maybe feel like, Hey, I'm burying it deep, deep down. Right. But eventually it's going to stockpile up and come out sideways. So what might that look like in an athlete? Um, injury, right. Inability to focus. Hey, you're trying to learn a play the athlete's totally spaced out, they're thinking about something else, right? That, that can be impacted if we're not addressing those emotions. Um, what we also tend to see when athletes, well, just people in general, are in distress, there's kind of four signs of that. So either they're acting out at others, right? Or they are um, withdrawing, pulling away, isolating themselves, or attacking in, Right? Beating themselves up, getting super critical, or turning to substances as a way to escape. And n- none of those are great for performance, right? So where we can step in for ourselves, but also where coaches can step in for athletes, is to create the space for them to name their emotions. And I like to say, name it to tame it, right? Right we can name our emotions, if we can identify how that shows up in our body, we can tame those emotions and move through them. So they're not stockpiling up, having us, um, it won't impact our performance um or lead to injury. And and to kind of illustrate that, because I get I understand that can be like kind of a woo-woo topic of oh, we're feeling our emotions. Um, but let let's go through that. So Shaylin, if you were, if you were angry, right, what would how would that show up in your body? Maybe even think about something that you has frustrated you lately, right? If you were to close your eyes and think about that. How might What might you be feeling in your body? What, what tends to happen for some people too is, and myself included, I tend to grind my teeth and my shoulders come up to my ears. I'm clenching my fists. Now imagine my sport in high school, and I probably should say something about rowing, but my, my big sport in high school is basketball. And imagine trying to catch a basketball or shoot a shot with your shoulders up to your ears, right? Mm. Your, it, your tense doesn't feel good. And so emotions are a two-way street. We can, we can label it like I'm feeling angry. Or what tends to be more accessible for athletes because they're so self-aware of their body is, huh, I'm grinding my teeth. I notice that my shoulders are coming up to my ears. What might I be feeling? Oh, I'm feeling angry. And it's this sense of, have you ever had like, a, say, you're, there's something's been bugging you. You said, you know, my mind's somewhere else. Something's been bugging you. And you're kind of thinking about it all day, just a little bit off. And you start talking to someone and they say, hey, Shaylin, you know, just based on everything that's gone on for you today, it sounds like, that sounds pretty frustrating. Or you must be irritated. And it's that sense of like, oh, exactly. Hey, the, the, the source of stress didn't change at all, but your relationship to it changes. So it's that, oh, Okay. Shoulders come down away from your ears, you relax your jaw, right? And then you're in this space where you can better tackle whatever is going on. So coaches can act as that same role by helping athletes either pointing out, hey, I noticed your shoulders are coming up to your ears. Like, what's going on? We need to take a little minute to uh, really, you know, talk about what you're feeling. Um, or, hey, like, you know. How are you feeling? You seem a little bit off, right? Giving them that addressing it versus like, I'm just going to ignore it and maybe sending the assistant coach over to just go deal with that person, right? Then they feel like, oh my gosh, something's wrong with me. And it builds up, builds up, builds up. So name it, name it to tame it is a way to release those emotions, move through them so that we can get to a resolution. We can move forward in a productive way.
1: I love that, and I literally want to just sit on this tip right here because I think this is so important, not only from my own personal experiences from being a player and being a coach. But just in reality, when talking to coaches, there is such a push to constantly be positive. And of course, we want to be thankful for the opportunity to be a collegiate athlete. Of course, like the statistics to be a college athlete are so small. It's like five to six percent for like almost every sport. And um, from high school players, I should add. And, you know, you brought up the good point of, you know, there's a lot of coaches that don't want to deal with it. Let me just send the assistant coach to go handle it. And I've been in that situation. And. I think that it is so hard to be on the other side, to be the athlete that's going through changes of emotions, things that they can't handle in their head. And never once do you ever want to feel like this is hindering you from, from performing. And so when we can accept that these are our emotions and we can accept mm-hmm. that we have, this is just something we have to go through, right? We're going to feel emotions for the rest of our lives. I'd rather feel all the emotions than none. Right. And When we have coaches or leaders that just want to kind of push it off to the side or ignore it, it just adds on to the emotions that you're feeling. So when we're talking about this mental wellness and how do we handle athletes that are going through something or just having a bad day, it doesn't even have to be an actual like mental illness or anything that they're going through. It could just be like, I'm having a bad day. My partner broke up with me or I failed a test or whatever it is. To have this idea that student athletes have to walk into practice and immediately put on a smile to just mm-hmm. mask that up, the more we talk, like the more bizarre I find that, like that I would have yeah. ever asked players to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And I just want to, I just want to take the time to just reiterate this point and how important it is. Like coaches, I hope you guys are listening because this is insane to ask them to do that, and when they get out of sports. And when they're in the real world, how are they going to manage these emotions if in the most instrumental piece of our lives? So for athletes, sports is like where you learn everything. If in that moment and in those those instances when I'm playing my sport, I'm taught to kind of brush things off, bottle bottle it up, that's not helping them in the long run. And for a lot of coaches, their whole goal is to help their players be better humans or better people mm-hmm. by the time they get out of the program. Mm-hmm. And so what we do as coaches to create those spaces where they can feel, and they can be, and they can exist, and it's okay to not always be happy, and it's okay to go through stuff that, quite frankly, if we're talking to women's sports, women go through all the time, and men go through it as well. You know, that's going to help them in the longer run be a little bit more solid in their mental wellness instead of going through all of this or having to go through this fresh the second they get out of college, right? And Chrissy, I'm sorry I did not want to cut you off. But I just I just wanted to sit on that point. You can keep going in terms of your tips.
0: No, that's great. And I want to add one more thing about about emotions because I think they are they give us very useful information, right? So emotions give us feedback. They say, hey, something is important here that you need to pay attention to, and they act as signals, right? Like here what is the more accurate the more uh specific we can get with our emotions the closer we are to a more accurate resolution so let's say that example of you know your your boyfriend girlfriend just broke up with you you're coming into coming into practice and it's it's you're pissed off about that and it, if you were to just stuff it away and say, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about this at all, right? You, then let's say you get to the weekend and it's like, woo, I'm going to go, I'm going to let it all out. I'm going to get crazy. And then you're having to recover for a couple of days. How does that impact performance? But if it's, Hey, this is really upsetting to me. Maybe I need to take some time for myself outside of practice. You know, maybe I I definitely go to practice, do everything coach wants, but outside of practice, I'm going to be intentional about getting a good meal, getting a good sleep, really taking care of myself because it's something happened that I need to address. Or let's say after a, um, after a loss, like you should be pissed if you didn't, if you played poorly and it was like, well, I can't be, I can't be upset about it. How do you know that you, how do you know that you need to go in there and work on something, do some drills Work a little bit harder, change up your strategy. Right? Those are all useful pieces of information. And so I think if we discredit those, we're missing out on really leveling up our performance.
1: No, I love that. And you made me think about something too when we were talking about emotions and the way that it kind of tra- travels through our body and things like that, and how it shows up. It made me think of like this idea, like our thoughts have energy, which I know this has nothing to do with emotions, but our emotions and things like that, the way we feel is in a sense, in a sense, energy right? And to be like a a nerd, right? I think it was one of Newton's laws that energy is never created nor destroyed, right? So this energy, is it's still there. It's just being displaced. It's going to come out in some way, in some form. And so when you use the word intentional, I love the word intentional because that is so important in a a lot of things that I talk about um, with teams and coaches, but we're intentional about the way that we do express this energy that's within us, right? Mm -hmm. Then we can be in control of I guess, the repercussions, right? So you said, let me just go to practice and I'm just gonna hold this in and I'm just gonna go crazy. Or I can just be really intentional about what I eat or who I hang around or if I'm reading or what I'm doing outside of practice. That's so important because that energy has to go somewhere right? So you either Mm -hmm. take it out on somebody or you take it out on your body by like grinding your teeth, putting your shoulders up, or you go crazy on the weekend, whatever you do, this energy is there. So why are we even wasting our time trying to cover it up when it's going to come out eventually? You've got to find an intentional way and a healthy way to let those emotions out that's going to be beneficial to you as a person, but also to your performance.
0: Exactly. And I love that you said energy because emotions really equal movement. There is this movement of, of emotions. In fact. Emotion, move, and motivate. Share the same Latin root, "emovare," which means to move. So really, emotions are what move and motivate us. So the better we can understand them, the more, like you said, intentional and accurate we can be with our behavior. That's fantastic.
1: I love that. And, you know, we talked about something last week when we were on Zoom, and I thought this was super important. Um Because I think a lot of coaches that maybe do care about mental wellness and they do care about their players, um, they want to help, but they don't want to sound like a therapist, right? They don't want to be their therapist. So kind of, do you have anything in terms of helping coaches be able to be instrumental in a player's mental health, but not, you know, be a free therapist, really? Yes. Yes.
0: Great, great question. So. On the one hand, some of that um, discomfort or resistance to being a quote-unquote therapist is because emotions can feel really um, sticky and foreign if you don't have, if you haven't built up an emotional vocabulary yourself. If you're only working with those kind of six emotions, anger, happiness, sadness, Fear, shame. Um, then, if anything that's a little more nuanced than that and real is going to be like, oh, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't want to work with that. So, to kind of normalize emotions, it's it's imperative for coaches and athletes to be able to build up their own emotional vocabulary to practice taking twenty seconds to pause and label those emotions. And you can, I I send all my athletes to Google to look for this, this thing called wheel of emotions. There's lots of different ones. If you just Google wheel of emotions and it's this kind of apparatus of all these emotions. And at the center, it's those kind of six core ones. And then as you branch out, things start to get a little bit more um, complex or nuanced. And so, finding, kind of sitting with it. How am I feeling, right? These are the physical sensations I'm experiencing, being really curious about it. What might that be? I'm going to try out this motion. Ah, I'm feeling, let's say disappointed. No, that's not quite right. Maybe it's, um, I'm feeling, you know, let down. All right, or overwhelmed, right? So you're kind of just trying on different emotions and getting more specific about them so that when you are speaking with an athlete, it doesn't feel like you're catching a hot potato. It's like, oh, I don't want to deal with that emotion. I don't know what that's about. If you have a felt experience of it, it's not so scary. Um, but as you're building up your emotional vocabulary, and the wheel of emotions is a great tool for that, um, using phrases such as say an athlete's talking to you, helping them label that. So what I'm hearing is you're disappointed that you got the score on your test and you had studied for it and and you didn't get the result you want. Or, So what you're saying is you're feeling frustrated that you're not getting as much playing time as you deserve. Or I can imagine you're feeling blank. That sounds like, what are you, what and asking, what are you feeling right now? Those are some catch phrases or phrases that you can use to help them get closer to labeling their emotions and throughout that process it becomes less scary and just more human.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. And you got to think about my listeners, you guys got to think about, you know, the role that coaches play, right? Um, I just I played at a junior college, I just coached at a junior college and we're not like a big time D1 with a bunch of money, so the coaches really wear all of the hats you know, and a lot of girls aren't local. So we're like mom, dad, sister, aunt, um, away from home. And when we're talking about these emotions and the things that they're going through, what, when Chrissy was talking, I just immediately thought about the idea that we're these guides for life. Right. And in these two, short two years at a junior college or four years, you're at a four year. And it is one of our jobs. I wouldn't say it's in the job description, but it's one of the jobs is to help guide these young women and young men, um, to the betterment of themselves. And we do that through disc, and we do that through all these things that we work on at Profile. But right there, when she's talking about in a conversation, truly listening to them and helping them. Mm-hmm. So guiding them to label these emotions to help them better understand not only themselves, but again, like we talked about just a couple minutes ago, but to better intentionally get rid of that energy or use that energy or, or display that energy, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's hard for the student athletes to do it by themselves. And you can help in that way without being a therapist by just listening, truly genuinely listening and telling them one, I might not know what you're going through, but from what I'm hearing, this is what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. And just that being that person right there for them doesn't put all the weight of the emotions on you but it lets them know that you are actively trying to be there and to trying to guide them.
0: Yes, I love that. And asking asking those open-ended questions, listening shows or displays to them, hey, I accept you, who you are. I, I am, what you're saying to me is not scaring me. It's not too much, but I'm committed to working through that with you together. And you are the expert on your experience. I may be the expert in the sport, but you are the expert on your experience and I'm here to guide you versus push you towards a, we're only going to be positive corner where those felt emotions aren't, are going to come with them, whether you like it or not.
1: I love that separation right there when you said, I may be the master of the sport, but you're the master of your experience right now. And I think sometimes we forget that. Like coaches can be like I am all knowing, right? I've been there. I can relate, whatever the case may be. Most of the times, every individual's experience is an individual's experience. You may have gone through something similar, but it's not quite the same. Um, That's one of my big like pet peeves when people do that. like, oh no, I totally get what you're saying. I'm like, no, you don't because you're not me (laughs) and you weren't there. But um, I love that separation. I am the master of the sport, but you are you and you're the master of what you're going through. So help me understand so I can help you. And- yeah, that's fantastic. And Chrissy, this has been, I hope the listeners really are learning because this is something that we don't talk about a lot, like not, not being positive. Like who yeah. would say that? What, what? could ever say, don't be positive all the time? No one. <laughs> and, but it's real. And it, at some point we've got to separate this idea that athletes are also humans, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want them to be, you know, Jackie had said this, don't be a 20 hour work uh, or the 20 hour a week player. But at the same time, those 20 hours a week. I am a player. And outside of that, I am me and I'm still on my path of trying to find my identity, but I've got to go through the emotions. I've got to go through this crazy experience of being a college athlete because yeah. it's not easy by any means. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's very taxing, I should say. Um, but I've loved everything you've said and I think there's a lot to take away from it, but I've got to end the episode with the takeaway. And this can be in the realm of mental wellness. This could be in the realm of coaching. This could be in the realm of really anything that you feel, um, passionately drawn to. But can you give the listeners like a quote, some advice, anything that really has helped you shape either your life or go through adversity, anything that's been super instrumental for you? Ooh, love
0: that. Um, so I'm going to, this is going to be kind of twofold. This, uh, I'll start with a quote that I've loved. And I think a lot of athletes could probably relate to this as people who are generally hyper achievers, right? You're always looking to like, Go to the next thing and your identity sits with the scoreboard sometimes, a lot of times. And so um, I was somebody who uh, always wanted to travel, go on, do the next thing. And I saw this, someone shared this quote with me um, from Marcel Proust, which is, the real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. And for someone who tends to be pretty restless and want to go on to the next thing, sitting still, being still and being open to what is happening in my present moment, and this is kind of a nod to my yoga background too. I'm very into mindfulness. But slowing down, breathing, and being open to what the moment is unfolding for me has been... Huge in terms of my own self-discovery and development, and um, not only not only is being still and breathing helpful for getting new perspectives, but it's also helpful for regulating emotions. Right? Doing some deep breathing, and even t- you can do that with an athlete too, right? As a coach, hey, just take a couple of breaths together. It might feel weird at first, but let's see how we feel afterwards. Just taking, you know, starting my my day off with five to 10 deep belly breaths has been instrumental to allow me to be still and discover what's around me versus having my head in the clouds and moving on to the next thing, missing what's in front of me.
1: Chrissy, you're awesome. Seriously. Like, I feel like we could literally do another episode because there's so much to talk about. And my listeners know the way I close it every time. And I haven't really... Yeah, I feel like we didn't really talk about you that much but what you guys don't know is how strong of a woman Chrissy is and the things that she's doing to help athletes, both, both men and women um, in their, not only their performance but their mindfulness and their mental wellness is something that cannot go unnoticed and so as we always close this out I've got to let the listeners know that strong women create stronger women thank you Chrissy so much for being on
0: love it, thank you Shaylin this was awesome
1: Thank you for listening. If you want to support this podcast, follow us
0: on Twitter at CTOCW. Another way to show your support is to tell your friends and subscribe wherever you like on your favorite podcast platform. Find your advantage through self-awareness and continue growing into the badass woman leader you are destined to be. We'll catch you in the next episode.